Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's talk to Professor Lubomir Luchuk. He is a um, political science professor at Royal Military College. His new book is Operation Payback, Soviet Disinformation and Alleged Nazi War Criminals in North America. Professor Luchuk, uh, would you just provide us with an overall assessment of the situation as you see it today? How significant, how serious, how, how alarming is what's going on right now? I think from my perspective, the most alarming thing is that Mr. Putin has been able to demonstrate that the West does not really support Ukraine to the extent that Ukrainians believed once upon a time that it did. Uh, The Ukrainians, when they gave up the nuclear weapons in 1994, had the expectation that their political sovereignty and territorial integrity would be respected. And in fact, they had the assurances Now, you notice the word I'm using, assurances, not promises, not pledges, but just kind of a a gentleman's agreement that the United Kingdom, the United States, and the Russian Federation would respect the territorial status quo. Uh, They believe that, so they gave up their nuclear weapons. They have, ever since the collapse of the Soviet Union, of course, been reorienting themselves toward the West um, during the Orange Revolution, during the Revolution of Dignity in 2014. Uh, that, of course, has provoked a response from the KGB men in the Kremlin. And that response has been uh, the military invasion of hold on a sec, the military invasion of Ukraine uh, by Russian forces in Crimea uh, in 2014, the illegal occupation of Crimea, and then subsequently, of course, the attack in the east. So Ukrainians have now been fighting a war, a defensive war, for eight years with tens of thousands of people internally displaced. In fact, some people say as many as a million and a half, uh, over 15,000 casualties. And although Canada and the United States and Great Britain have been rotating instructors through places like Yavoriv and Kamenets Podolsk, where I w- I've, I've visited those places, and our troops are learning, by the way, from the battle-hardened Ukrainians, after all, it's a two-way street. These are all military professionals, and it certainly is a fascinating thing to watch how one side teaches the other and the other side teaches the other. But the reality of it is, I think now that things have gotten much more tense, uh, Ukrainians expected more. So Canada's recent contributions are pretty modest. I'm being very generous in saying that. Yeah. Uh, I know there's a great disappointment, and it's not because that, you know, sometimes people say, oh, there's 1.4 million Ukrainians, and they've got a big, strong lobby. And, you know, the government should respond. No, that's not it at all. Ukraine should be getting the support of the West and of Canada, the United States, Great Britain, and so on, because it's the right thing to do. They're facing a bully. They're facing a, the KGB man in the Kremlin who has an imperial project. And if he teaches the world, if he teaches Ukraine and all the former states of East Central Europe, the Warsaw Pact, former Soviet republics, that the West does not have their back, wow. That is a serious problem. 
Yeah. That's a very serious problem. Well, Canada has really not distinguished itself by uh, by flatly stating, the Prime Minister flatly stating, that the answer to this is diplomacy and not warfare. And so Canada has decided that regardless of the uh, the expectation or the pleas or the request of Ukraine, we're not going to send you uh, what they call lethal weapons. I mean, that's redundant anyway. Um, we're going to send you non-lethal equipment. So here's some uh, here's some goggles and here's some helmets, and we'll send you some instructors, but we're going to station them where there's not likely to be any fighting. It's not particularly a distinguished response, is it? No, it's not. It's very disappointing. And 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 you just said it. I think uh, a gun can be a defensive weapon. It can be an offensive weapon. And the thing here then to look at it and say is who invaded who? Did Ukraine attack the Russian Federation? No. The Russian Federation attacked Ukraine in 2014. Everybody knows that. The little green men everybody talked about for a while, but that's fiction, and we all know it. The Russian Federation has launched a war of aggression against Ukraine. Ukraine is a country in Europe. Ukraine has been peaceful. Ukrainian soldiers have participated in peacekeeping missions around the world. They've supported Canadians in Afghanistan. Who rescued the Afghan refugees at the end of that debacle? Ukrainian soldiers. That's right. right. Uh, Ukrainians didn't shoot down MH17 and slaughter all those Europeans, not to mention one Canadian. That was the Russians. Ukrainians didn't bomb Syria on behalf of uh, the Assad regime and, and create one of the greatest refugee mass migrations in recent times. That was the Russians, right? Ukrainians didn't put a bounty on American soldiers' heads in Afghanistan. That was the Russians. So here we have this kind of you know, situation where a good partner of Canada, of the West, a country that since 1991 has been moving in the direction of the West, where there's a whole new generation, and this is a very important thing, there's a generation born after 1991. So people born after the collapse of the Soviet Union had no experience of the Soviet times. These are young men and women who I've had the privilege of meeting, both in the military of Ukraine, but also just in the, in the streets of Kiev and Lviv and so on, they want to have normal lives. They want to be Europeans. They want to travel. They want to study. They want to interact with the rest of the world. Mr. Putin fears that. He fears a liberal democratic state on his borders called Ukraine that Russians will look to with envy. He didn't like it when Stony, Latvia, and Lithuania joined NATO. That, that goes back to 2004, so the Russian Federation is already up against NATO, if you like. Yeah. Uh, he didn't like the Warsaw Pact countries all fleeing to the West. You know, they, everybody talks about NATO enlargement. NATO grew because the countries of East Central Europe fled West. It's not NATO heading East. It's the people's well, old nation, well, Poland. Well, you know, as, as we've often said, the wall was built to keep people in, the, uh, in, well, in East Germany, not to keep the West Germans out. Well, actually, you've got it right. Absolutely bang on, Roy. Just think about it. For all of its faults, and we, you know, you and I both know that the United States is not perfect, but every year hundreds of thousands of people from around the world try to get into the United States and even into Canada, right? right. We know that. Yeah. Who tries to get into the Russian Federation? Probably Name one. Very <laughs> Name <few>. one. <laughs> I could probably find one, an American well, defector, but that would be yeah, about it. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, that, that's the point, yeah, right? Even Mr. Putin's daughter doesn't live in, in the Russian That's Federation. true. Professor Luchuk, we'll have to continue this conversation, uh, and we will, in the weeks to come. Uh, hopefully My it doesn't pleasure. turn into a shooting war, but... Well, well, let's hope that Mr. Putin is satisfied with having demonstrated the, the frailty and the... Um, frankly, the betrayal of the West. Yeah. Ukraine, I think, has been betrayed. And, and if the Ukrainians get that sense that they are alone, right. well, they may become a porcupine state and try to defend themselves 
on their own, and they will certainly blunt uh, any invasion. But okay. what a horror. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.